What up? This is Yanka Dez. Peace. This is Outlaw. And hey, listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we have a put you up for the sophomore album of Clips. Hell Hath No Fury released November 28th, 2006. Yes, sir. And it's a, a put you up for me because I have never listened to this album. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm this, surprised. Well, this is in that time frame, 2006. Yeah. This is like right smack in the middle Fair. of of the, the dead era for me. Yeah. Right? Where yeah. unless it's a group that I know, that I trust and okay. that I know and love. Okay. Or and that really, really stands out to me. It's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I'm not listening to it. And the clips wasn't that for you? No, absolutely okay. not. I'm so, I'm mildly surprised just because of how Virginia you are. Like, it's yes. definitely a Virginia group, right? Yeah, but at the same time, too, like... They were one of those like, hey, they're from Virginia. Great. Like, I'm rooting for you. But I mean, like, can you, can, can you give me something more? Like, they okay. never... So grinding didn't do it for you? The problem is, is that grinding does it for all the things. Like, it doesn't matter the clips are on the track. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, And there were enough remixes and freestyles exactly. that you didn't even like, have to hear them on. Yo, the, 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 the remix with, with, with Birdman mm. and... Um, and uh, was it Manny Fresh and Lil well, Wayne? Like, like that? Oh, my uh, God. Like, I love that remix. <laughs> right. There was a Cardinal Official one, Sean Paul. Yeah. There was a reggae remix. There was, there was, like, four different remixes. I think so, Nori was on one. Right. And so all the things that I enjoyed about Clips, I think, from the first album, a lot of them didn't really have to do with Clips. They had to, to do with the Neptunes and just, like, you know, Beach Era vibes. You know, I met UVA at the time, so there's a right. lot of people from 757. But, like... Lyrically, they never really stood out to me. They they just that's fair. They never. I never took to them. I got you. Never took to them. So, you. you know, and and this album I was reading, you know, the first album comes out two thousand two, I think, right? Right. This one comes out in two thousand six, and it's delayed. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, they're angrier on this. That's why, yes. like, the fun party vibes that you get from the first album, you don't really you don't really get here. Indeed. And so you know that's a long time. Especially for me right. to like go between albums, especially like at, at this time, let's just go to the where were you, mm-hmm. right? Where were you? 2006. This is when, um, you know, not graduating from school. I think I'm in, I'm on, this is my academic suspension year. Right. Going back to school though, because okay. I'm, I'm going to go back into, I, I guess at this point, actually, I am back in school because I'm going to graduate in 2007. Okay. And so musically though, what I'm listening to is like, I am straight, I'm all into jazz. I'm all into old, so I'm all into classic rock. Led Zeppelin, Beatles, give me all of that. Jethro Tull, Credence, give me all of that, right? And like a lot of the music that I'm making at this time is kind of inspired by these things that I'm listening to. Okay. And so, you know, even though I'm at school while this album is coming out, like I'm not really going to parties like that. Mm. The people that I'm hanging with are the people, you know, in, in the dorm. So, you know, Brian Kaysen, I'm in the mm-hmm. dorm with him. I'm not sure if Bezo is still at school. I, I forget. I, okay. I think if he is, I'm not yeah, he sure. he graduated in 07. But he's not in Hereford anymore. I stay okay. in Hereford. Gotcha. And so, and then, you know, folks who were still at UVA. So like, uh, so like Irva, right? Mm-hmm. Irva, she graduated in 05, but she stayed in, U- she stayed in Charlottesville to teach. And then she was going to go to law school. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm hanging with that crowd. I'm not really going out to parties. Mm-hmm. So... In terms of like the hip hop stuff that I just didn't, I just didn't really care. Common, yeah. Kanye West, I just, I just did not care at the time. That makes sense. So that's that's where I was. Where yeah. where were you? Um, I'm in Cali. Uh, I had graduated in May of 2006. Right. Um, I'm broke. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I mean, okay. you know, you know, you you graduate from college. Um, you know, I think this was my first, 
you know, legit job. And I'm not saying okay. that from the perspective of like, I'm some sort of cocaine dealer or something <laughs> like that. But, you know, like my first real job, my first real apartment, yeah. you know, I'm so, you know, you, uh, adulting. you, yeah, adulting for real. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. you, 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 you expect that first job to, or that, that first paycheck to come through and you, you think you know what the number is going to look like. And then Uncle Sam slaps the shit out of you <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, like, you know, and you, you pay rent for the first time and then you realize that your heat bill is this and your your electricity bill and your this bill and your that bill. I'm 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 learning hard life lessons when this uh this album came out. So uh, you know, that's the this is like winter, fall, winter of yeah. of 06. Um, I moved back to Cali. It's not all sunny. I hate my job. I'm paying all my shitty bills. Um, and you know, this album comes out. Uh the other thing I remember, you know, just to kind of take it back to the clips. Uh, I'm in a different place from you in that what the Clips did to kind of tide their fans over is they really hit the the, the mixtape circuit hard. Okay. So they were doing freestyles, but they also dropped two uh, two mixtapes. We got it for cheap volume one and we got it for cheap volume two. Okay. Uh, my brother was a big fan of everything going on in this ecosystem. Uh, Ab Liva and Sandman and, and Roscoe P. Cold Chain and all these these people like it, you, you'll hear them a couple times on this album, but you know they they make this this subgroup of of the Clips ecosystem called you know Reup Gang, mm, and it's yeah. them and Sandman and Ab Liva, the four right. of them. And gotcha. so they they put out these mixtapes, and my brother really really loved them. And okay. so you know in, in the summers when I would go home to 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 you know my family, my brother would be bumping Reup Gang. I can see that. And I, um and and I can see that. And we got it for cheap volume two. Maybe one day we'll we'll actually cover it on this this podcast. Like. To me, that's their best project. Like, I like it even better than this album. Okay. Um, so it's a really, really good, uh, you know, mixtape. And so I actually was anticipating this album because I had been listening to We Got It For Cheap, you know, volume two. And, okay. you know, this is an era where things are kind of changing, you know. I'm still rapping, uh, so you know I'm <laughs> I'm moonlighting. I'm I'm going to my shitty job. I'm leaving my shitty job, and I'm going and doing shows. Um, yeah. And I think when I when I moved back, I linked up with some shady ass manager. Like I had this manager <laughs> who, and I, dude, I got stories for days. But you know, so I was doing shows in these clubs, and then you know I I'd, I'd, I'd do a show in a club, and I'd I'd be doing it until two o'clock in the morning, and then I'd wake up at four in the morning to go to my shitty job and be there by five in the morning, like. It was not a good life, but um, but you know, this is this, I, we, is, this is before the villas in in the in the DR way in Vegas, before, way before man, all that, way all before right. that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, 06 was not oh, 06 was not a good year for me, but like it, it was. I mean, because you know, you you these are the life experiences that you need to appreciate things, gotcha. you know. So gotcha. um, but yeah, you know, I, I was I was hard headed. Um, you know, just about me, right? I was hard headed. When I graduated from UVA, all I wanted to do was go back to California. I, yeah. I, I, all I cared about was Cali. Just wanted to go back. I didn't care what job I got. I took the first, the first gig that would move me out there and and, and keep me there. Um, you know, I, I got a shitty apartment with the homeboy. Shout out to the homeboy. Um, and you know, we, we 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 thought we were adults, and it was all bad. But so I was I was trying to do the music thing. And one of the things I remember about this time frame is things were really changing in the music industry. Uh, you know, mi mixtapes were happening. There mm -hmm. were like hardcore. Um, you know, th this was like even like the, the Napster era was sunsetting. This was like yeah. the, the early days of like I don't even know like like um what you call Don uh, Don Cannon and Drama got raided. You know, okay. like like you know where, where 
where labels were putting out mixtapes to try to promote their artists. Gotcha. And then the music industry was fighting against the, these, these mixtapes. So the label would put out the mixtape and then they would raid the people who had the mixtapes. And, and you, didn't, you don't remember this? No. Oh man, um, DJ Drama went to jail uh, for, for, for selling mixtapes. Yeah, and this is like right around this this era, like 06. So so things are really changing. I remember I had a bunch of burned d discs of my own shit in, in my car, but every CD that you that I listened to in my car was a burned CD, including this. Okay. Um, you know, so I had a, a car full of burnt CDs and probably had to put the CDs in the trunk in the in the CD player. Um, and and this was one of the ones that I rode around to a lot uh, when I was in Southern Cali. Which was the DJ that was associated with all those little Wayne mixtapes? Was that drama? Yeah. Okay. That's well, some of them. That's the. I think that's the only kind of reference I really know about from drama in this era, which is okay. like, Cannon. Cannon came around that time. Yeah, right? they, yeah it like, was Don Cannon and drama together. Yeah, I I know that side of things. Okay. That's about like the extent that I know. Like, yeah. 2006, I know that Little Wayne is like. The goat now, right? So okay, yeah. So yeah, that's true. And yeah. you know, people almost think it's see you know drama as like the guy who died for the sins of that era, right? Like because he mm. he like literally he's he's sitting in his office with his mixtapes that all these artists from labels have contributed to the mixtapes, and the feds came in, they kicked in the door, and they took everything as contraband and took them off to jail, right? So so it was like it was very public, it was very big, and he's like very well known for that, and that happened around this time. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Well, before we get into the critical reception, mm -hmm. why are we doing this as a put up, like put you up? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, obviously, I, I've never heard this, but also yeah. you were saying that this album has been kind of like hitting a new circuit recently. Is that what it was? I don't think it was that. I just I've always felt like this was an album that didn't necessarily get its just due. Okay, like it's it's kind of like a if you know you know album. I which, can see that, which is weird because it's like it got critical acclaim. Yes, but like. People, people who are like are in this chamber are like, oh, this album's amazing, but nobody right. ever really talks about it. That's not in that. Era. I can see that, and this is an album that you've been teasing to talk about for maybe like two years. Actually, okay. it's been a while. Yeah, it's yeah, been a while. So yeah. we're finally doing it, and you teased the critical reception. Yeah, and I, look, I read through the wiki. Mm -hmm. I don't know it quote for quote, yeah. but I mean like rave reviews across yes. the board like yes. five stars four and a half stars right. 9.1 out of 10 like mm -hmm. everybody seemed to love this album it's crazy I, one of the things i remember about this time frame is right this is a time frame where the source has completely lost credibility nobody gives a fuck about yeah. the source and now xxl is has kind of become oh, what the that. source used to be yeah and xxl gave it an xxl which is yes. like they rarely it's it was like what a five mic was in the source era yeah so that was a big deal people were like whoa like what is this you okay. know i think i think you know but like you're saying i mean most of the critic reviews are like five stars metacritic gave it like a hundred out of a hundred i'm like yeah. what not 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 only that so there's a difference between the contemporary reviews and then like mm. the legacy reviews the yeah, legacy yeah, reviews yeah. are just as good yeah people are going back and retroactively saying like yeah this is on like their best of list. Now, right. what that best of is doesn't really matter. Like uh -huh. when people go back and like, yes, we need to include Hell Hath No Fury on this list. Right. So it does, it does hold up. The legacy of this album does hold up. Yeah. Which is uh kind of surprising to me just because, you know, the two singles, Mr. Me Too and Wamp Wamp, mm -hmm. I like to me are kind of like underwhelming. Fair. I understand Mr. Uh -huh. Me Too. Like I get it. Right. But it's still like an underwhelming single. So if like if you're telling me that like oh these are the singles of this classic album, it's like 
Yeah. What the fuck's the rest of the album sound like? Yeah, you know and what I, I mean. And you know, I think this is this is an album cut a- album, right? Like, I don't yeah. I don't think that this is an album that survived by its its singles, which is no. very different from the first clips album, yes. right? Where you yes. had grinding, which was way bigger and than the rest. The last of the album, time you heard right? it like this, that shit was crazy. Ma, I don't love her. They had huge, even yeah. Virginia, right? Yeah, they had like yeah. huge singles on that, and yeah. and that I don't think that the singles are like that on this. album. Which, okay, so if we're going to get into, did you want to do pure critical reception or doesn't matter? Um, sure. Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know how much of this we want to include, but it's cool. Um, you know, I was back in Cali, so mm-hmm. I was around some people that lived in this lifestyle. You know what I mean? So, so okay. this... This record really resonated with the people around me. Like my, okay. my direct friends loved this shit interesting and so like you know i wasn't in school anymore mm. i was I, you know i was i was living my broke california life okay so i don't know like i don't know what our peers in terms of like the other students and stuff like that that would have been around us would have thought of this album gotcha. but the people around me loved this album interesting so i don't know if you if you had like folks that talked about this i don't right. have no I, I did not yeah um and the people that i would have talked hip-hop with we would we would not be talking this I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm, I'm a little surprised because of Virginia, but that but that's the only reason I'm surprised. Yeah, but like, so the only person I was really hanging with, I mean, all right, so Brian Kaysen is from mm-hmm. 757, but he yeah. wasn't really on clips. He okay. liked he liked Timberland. He liked Missy. I mean, he likes right, clips, right. but he wasn't... wasn't but for real, though. Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. But like, this isn't like quintessential Pharrell and Neptune. That's true. You that's know true. what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, and, you know... Matt, uh, I'm not sure you remember Matt Lightfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I would roll with him, mm-hmm. we were actually kind of listening to like um like stunt like my daddy and mm, like okay. shit like that, which yeah. that's actually when I started like to, more fun shit. Yeah, and I, I actually started to get an appreciation from Wayne from that perspective. Cause like I, I love that song, Stunt Like My Daddy, right? <laughs> but like that kind of stuff, and like he was really big on like Jeezy right, and right. so we weren't he wasn't really listening to clips. And I just didn't really I just I don't know. I just wasn't they they weren't in my in my stratosphere, if yeah, you will. Yeah. And again, like when I go back in the dorm room, mm-hmm. I'm listening to Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm listening to John Coltrane. I'm listening to Stan Getz. Right. Right. Like I'm not checking for like new hip hop. Yeah. And if I am, like I'm kind of just making my own beats. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the beats that I was making like 2003, 2004, 2005 are very different than the ones that I'm making like 2006, 2007. The more, the more layered. They've got, um, I don't know, there's more to them, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. So, like, okay. even my, my, my beats are, are growing, if you will. So, I'm kind of checking it out from that perspective. And, uh, like, clips just weren't, they just didn't grab me. Yeah. They just didn't grab me. And we'll talk about that in my in my low lights. That's cool. So, but one of the things about, I guess, the highlights of this album, mm-hmm. um, if we should get into that first. Yeah, go for it. All right. So, overarching highlights. Should, should I go? Yeah, go for it. All right, so the overarching highlights I have to say is the tightness and the succinctness of this album. Completely, if you will, right? Like this is an album, and the some of the critical reception kind of kind of talks about like like, this is an Mm -hmm. album that has no fat. Yep. Right. Um, The beats are all very tight and concise. Mm -hmm. The lyrics are all very tight and concise. Very clean and pristine sounding, Mm -hmm. if you will. Um, spoiler alert, I'm not the biggest fan of Pusha T and Malice. I'm not. Okay. They don't, they don't do it for me. But right. like they sound very clean on this record. And mm-hmm. so it's like 
all of the polishing here, it could go the wrong way. I think it goes the right way to the point where I think this album is kind of greater than the sum of its parts. Mm, okay. This, dare dare I say, this is a very important album mm-hmm. and it's a very, I think it's necessary listening, mm-hmm. if you will. Now, that being said, I'm not going to say I'm the biggest fan of this album, but I think all the praise that it gets, I do think it genuinely deserves. This is a very, very important, necessary hip hop album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I have to give respect to it, even though I didn't like a lot of it. Like, I, I kind of get it. And I think it's it's because of the way the entire album is is packaged from a, a musical perspective. There's only like, what, 12, tra- yep. 12 tracks. And like I said, the fact that there's there's no fat, there's no filler, like right. it it works. And the palette is very consistent. Yes. Every single beat on here, like maybe in its own, like there's a lot of songs on here that if you just heard them in a vacuum, you're like, well, yeah, what, what is this? this? Exactly. Like, I completely agree. But when you hear them all together, you're yep. like, okay, like I get it. Yep, and yep. that to me is probably the biggest overarching highlight I can give to this album. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll build on yours, right? Uh, I, I I wrote production. The sound palette is original, minimalist, yeah. and it creates its own world. Yes. Length. Uh, it's concise and minimalist in its production. Yeah, less than 50 um, minutes. Yeah, exactly. I said, um, the features, for the most part, they bring it and they yeah. sound like they belong in the world that was created True. here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mr. Lee. Mr. Lee. Which one? Which one's Mr. Lee? The is dude he- on the beginning. Hey, Papa. Real King Records. Yeah. Dope music. I love Mr. Lee. M- M- Mr. Lee might possibly be my favorite skit character of all time. Okay. So, well, what, what else is he in? He's only, the only other thing that I've actually heard him on is Pusha T did a solo album about, I don't know, five, 10 years ago. Gotcha. And he brought Mr. Lee back to oh, do the okay, intro okay, again. Okay. But that's the only thing. I, but I, I don't care. I, I like him better than Pain in the Ass. Okay. Um. So I, I find him amazing. Um. And then Pusha T and Malice's bars. I actually okay. feel like their bars um, on certain records are stellar and and gotcha. way better than maybe than in my opinion than what what I got on the first one. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then last, I, I would say subject matter. And, and the reason I would say subject matter, and you'll hear me talk about subject matter again as a low light, but the reason I talk about it as a highlight is because even though they stay very very siloed in this drug dealer world yeah. or whatever. They do a good job of like diversifying the different elements of sure. what it is to be a drug dealer. And yeah. I think that that's something that's necessary to have an album that's this siloed. I can see that. Yeah, yeah I can see that. All right. So before we do the, the track for track, let's just do overarching lowlights. Okay. All right. So for me, overarching lowlights, um, obviously, you know, low hanging fruit here, but Pharrell's a vocalist. He's just not good yet. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and, you know, Pharrell does grow into learning how to sound good in his music mm. he's just not here yet mm. um sometimes it's like it's like charming like sometimes like it, it it works because it's like a it's like a particular style like um you know and i think it just works for pharrell mm-hmm. but i think throughout the course of this album it just doesn't sound good yeah you know what fair. i mean uh that's my first over first overarching low light the other thing too, I think I have a lack of imagination from the clips as vocal performance. And I don't necessarily talking about subject matter. Okay. But like their delivery is very, very one note. Okay. Not only that, I think sometimes they have a tendency to like 
deliver what they think are like one-liners that like hit hard that to me don't really <laughs> hit hard. Like they they have this way of delivering something that I think they think that it sounds hard. like way doper than it is. <laughs> and it's just like, that's not really that clever. That's fair. And, and sometimes I think it, it comes off as like, like a trick. Mm-hmm. Which works, but for the most part, like nine times out of ten, it's just like, yo, that that didn't land the way you thought. Mm. I thought it would land. I felt that way a lot more on the first album. Okay. Um, but but I, I feel you about clips in general. Yeah. Um I think the other thing too is that despite the fact that I do like this collection of songs, it's it's weird, right? A lot of times when I go back and I listen to songs listen to albums on repeat, especially when we do these kind of album reviews, Mm -hmm. I tend to pick up more musically on the second time around. That Mm -hmm. did not happen, right? Okay. They're, these, the beats are almost too minimalist. They're like, they're very, very surface level. Like there's, there's not much you're really going to learn from the music on the second time around. Mm -hmm. That being said, I guess the advantage of that is that it, it allowed me to immediately focus more on the listen. Mm -hmm. Uh, on the lyrics, on the second and third and fourth and fifth listen. So I did pick up more on the lyrics than I did on the first listen, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. But I like music that like the second, third, like each time I listen to it, I pick up something I didn't pick up before. Mm. That never happened. And mm. so as a result, some of these songs, particularly the ones that I didn't like, if they bored me on the first listen, they continued to bore me on each and each listen. Mm-hmm. Right? The mm-hmm. only exception to that was actually one that was initially a low light. It is not a low light anymore, and that's a wimp wimp. Okay. Wimp wimp, like I first heard it, I'm like, yo, I, I can't stand this shit. Cause I heard it before and I'm like, yo, this shit is just garbage. Wow. On the on as I continued to listen to it, I'm like, all right, I take that back. Mm. There's songs that I like less than this. And in fact, it's not it's not a low light. It's not a highlight, but it's not it's not a low light. Mm. So that was like the only one that I kind of like gained a, a different perspective on musically or okay. different appreciation for musically okay. as the album continued to, to as I continue to sit with the album. So mm. that's it for my overarching lowlights. What do you what do you have? Um, I've got subject matter, which I said was a highlight. Okay. Um, I, I said, you know, being a group of grown men that only make songs about drug dealing, it gets old. Yeah. And this is less a criticism about this particular project and more of a, a criticism about the clips in general. Yes. Particularly Pusha T. Yeah. I mean, because Pusha's at this point, he's what, twelve albums in with with all with all yeah. his solo and everything that he's contributed to. And it ain't changed. And right. you know, some people for some people it, it ain't broke. Like yeah. my, you know, my brother's like, yo, give me more crack raps, you know. But I'm just like, all right, what else is there? You know, yeah. my, my man got married, uh, what, what the the year that he put out the um the the Drake this album what was that 2017 or whatever yeah. and he got married that year um, in Virginia so you know um, doubtful that we'll get anything about that on on the album It'll I think at this point that. like nobody wants to go to Pusha T for like depth world perspective right unless it's through the lens of drug dealing which yeah. I think that's probably how he sees it mm-hmm. I think that if you were actually deli- if you were actually to attempt that and he delivered mm-hmm. like. People will be receptive to anything good. So mm-hmm. if he if he could actually stray from that and then give us something else, yeah, and it was good, we'd be like, yo, where'd this come from? Like, how how come you've been holding up? Oh. Yeah, and I think the the end it's good piece is yeah. the is the is the piece, right? And right. I think I think you talk a lot about risk, and I yeah. think that it would be a big risk, um, and he would have to stick the landing, right? Yeah. Um, and I and I think. I think he's probably more afraid to to probably. to risk that way than than probably we are to, to receive it. So yeah. um, 
And then the last, my last uh, low light is is Roscoe P. Coltrane. Um, okay. I, I just really was not feeling him on this verse, and I'm not feeling him as an artist. I fuck with his name now. He does have a dope, dope name. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right, so let's just get into, uh, we're just going to do this track for track, and we yeah. can say whether or not it's a highlight, no light, low light, or we're just neutral about it. Okay. All right, so we start off with We Got It For Cheap intro. Yeah. Highlight for you, or where's this? Highlight of highlights for me. Is it? All right. Fucking all right. yeah. Okay. That's why I'm like, how did you not have this as a highlight? So it's interesting. I do like the song. Um, it's cool. I, I guess, okay. So I guess in the context of this album, it's mm. fair to say that songs that are just cool with me are our highlights. And mm. this is one of them. Mm. Um, we got it for cheap. Is a is a cool song. Like yeah. it's one of the better ones. So yeah, I yeah. guess it is a highlight. But it's not like it's not a song I'd ever put on any of my playlists. Like I've never go to this album just to listen to this song. So it's it's hard for me to consider it a highlight from that perspective. But within listening to this album, yeah, this is one of the ones that I'm like, all right, like this is this is the ones that I have like a I guess a higher opinion of. So sure. When I go to this album, this is definitely the first record that I listen to. Yeah. Uh, it's driven by the percussion, mm-hmm. which I think is really dope, and I think it creates the world. Um, I think that they kind of created a world that almost has like like Latin percussion. Okay. Um, you know, and and that and that uh, you know, if you listen to the first album, the first album is very clips. You know, very clips in terms of the the percussion. Like it's yeah. just. You know, it's it's these snapping snares and you know hard kicks and yeah. you know I mean it 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 works in that world. This is like, you know, you're almost using timpani sounds as a you know for your your kick and snare, mm. and then you're building it around the, this crazy like Latin percussion, right? Yeah. So this is the first record that gives you uh, the percussion, the Latin percussion driven record. Okay. Um, you get Mr. Lee who comes in. I papa. Up down, baby. Miss Ali. Yo, so Jinka just crazy. loves anytime uh, a Dominican or, or Puerto Rican or Cuban sounding dude comes in and starts spinning this drop rap like on uh, Riding Dirty. On Riding Dirty. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I didn't I didn't even know that Mr. Lee was was Dominican. Okay. Um, I ended up reading I had no about idea. him. I looked him up because I was just like, okay. I love this guy. And I realized, I noticed that when I started to listen to Drink Champs, they'd be like, Mr. Lee. And I'm like, is that the same Mr. Lee that's okay. on that's the same Mr. Lee. Got and it, apparently, it, it. dude is this big time show promoter, hip hop show promoter. Oh, okay. He was a big promoter in the New York uh, area. He he booked for Jay-Z and all these other artists, um, you know, kind of blew up doing that and then went down to Miami and, and set up shop in Miami. And now he's like the biggest show promoter slash he has a, a luxury car business. If you want to, you want to rent a he out here hustling and he, and he getting it too. Like gotcha. apparently... I, the the article that I read and I don't know if it's true says he lives on Star Island or he has a house on Star Island. Good so, for you, Mister Lee. So Mister Lee's doing well for himself. All right, good for you, man. But um, but yeah, man. I mean, you know, I think Mister Lee to me makes this whole thing cohesive. The 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 Latin percussion makes this whole thing cohesive. I feel like this album, starting with this track, sounds like what Colombia sounds like to niggas that have never been in Colombia. Uh, I can see that. So, like, totally that. me as a as a nigga who was, you know, fresh out of college and had a shitty job and had never been anywhere, at least in South Central America, um, this is what Colombia sounded like to me. Mr. Lee sounded like what the Connect sounds like. Okay. And it worked. The whole okay. world worked for me. So, um, and the bars on this shit are great to me. The, the bars might be 
the best on this album on this song. Interesting. Okay. Um, I did not have that opinion about the I'm bars, the best okay. since he died and he lied. The spirit of competition, one verse can start jihad. He got he got the he has actual one-liners on this record, which maybe there's like three records that have actual one-liners to me. That was the jihad line was one of the notable ones for me. I, yeah. I think um they weren't my favorite bars from 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 Pusha though. Yeah. So um, and then uh, so I guess we we can go to the next record. So this is definitely not a highlight for me. Um, just because I I don't dislike the song. Um so okay, I think that this song kind of highlights kind of like the genericness of of the clips as songwriters. Okay. Right? Not necessarily as like like a like premise, like premise creators, right? Okay. Like the premise of the song I think is fine. Mm-hmm. But as songwriters, it's it's kind of boring. Yeah. That being said, I actually think that these are Malice's best bars yeah. on the album. Um the the idea about like uh now, now I look for Ferraris and Salvador Dali's. Like, mm-hmm. can't, he can't pronounce uh, uh, Napoli right. He pronounces it Napoli. But nevertheless, like that, like that whole verse was dope. Yeah. And then the, the the one that follows about like um, needing the the kid the kids mouths fed like that. Mm-hmm. His Malice's lyrics on this, I'm like, oh, okay, like you can actually spit. I thought that yeah. these were Malice's best bars on the album okay. for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, a, a couple of things on this record. This is a highlight for me, and it, it for me, you know. I have a run and the run is one through five. Interesting. Um, I actually don't even really like Mr. Me Too that much, but okay. it's it it works in the run. So gotcha. so you know, with my mom so sorry, <laughs> the first the first thing that sticks out to me is that that hi-hat is so fucking loud in the mix yeah. that it reminds me of a Jermaine Dupri beat. Like, yeah, but I mean that, and, that's and, Neptune's and, for you though, right? But, but that's what I love about it. Gotcha. It's it's you're you're not gonna hear you're not gonna hear a record that's mixed that way. That's and fair. I think I think with this album, to me, they did a really good job of like focusing the mixes on all of the percussion except the kick and the snare. Okay. So like this is another example where like rather than us getting like a hard hitting kick and snare like a grinding, you have you have this and that's the focus of the whole beat. It's almost annoying how how loud the, the hi hat is. Like Jermaine Dupri would probably be annoyed how, how loud it is. <laughs> and then like this beat is like kind of crazy. Um. But I think, you know, this is the first record where you get the, you know, song one is, hey, we're drug dealers, hi, we got mad money. Yeah. This is the first record where you start to get some depth yeah. in terms of the narrative, right? Yeah. And this is where they, they, they talk about how how their greed overshadows their loved ones. Sure. So, you know, in the verses, you you, you, you talked about that. Like, you know, Malice talks about his, his baby mom and yeah. he talks about his grandmother. It's a really good and, verse. And, you know, they, so they're talking about all these people that love them. And even the hook, it's like, my mom's so sorry. Like, yeah. I know you care about me that and you just so, want me to be safe. That hook is obnoxious, though. <laughs> Pun intended. That hook is very obnoxious. Yeah. I don't know. It works for me. And, I, you know, I think... Um, I like I like I don't fear tubs and Crockett. I like that. Okay. Um, oh, I, you know I think I think that's cute, and I think you know for for folks who know who Tubbs and Crockett is, it's like okay, you know they're not saying I don't I don't fear the law, fuck the man, you know, yeah. but they but they say it in a way that's kind of gotcha. Cute. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, those were my. I, I don't have any other thoughts on it. Where? So me neither. So Mr. Me Too. Um, it's interesting, right? Like, Pharrell clearly just wanted to do his Pharrell thing. Yes. On here. Yes. And I do think I do give him props for making this a single in terms of like, I think it's risky. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think yep. like the all right, this is one of those things where I talk about like 
the premise of this song, like Mr. Me Too, is actually mm-hmm. a very cool premise. Yeah. I think it's very a clever premise. Right. The actual execution of this song from a vocal perspective, mm-hmm. I don't think lands. Now it doesn't okay. it's not bad. Yeah. But it's just like the vocal execution is nowhere near as clever as the actual premise itself. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Like Pharrell sounds corny on here. I think and like it's like I said, it's like I said earlier, like Malice and Pusha T, particularly Pusha T, they deliver these lines and they and they 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 land them like like with this emphasis. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not a clever bar. Like I'm sorry, like it's just it's just not to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that they I'm not saying that they never land, mm. but they just had this emphasis as if like they expect it to land all the time. And I'm I agree. like I agree. seven times of out of ten, like these things Man. just don't land. That's funny. So um, that's just kind of how I feel about this song. I felt like with this re- so first of all, I don't I don't care for this record or not. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It, it, I, I do like the risk of uh, like you said, the sound didn't sound like anything else that exactly. was out at the yeah. time. So I respect put it out that. as a as a as a single. Yeah. Pharrell was on fucking fire. Yeah. So, I mean, it's almost like they had to put it out as a single because it was so heavily featured on here. Um, A couple things about Pharrell's performance. One, this kind of reminds me of Q-Tip on Drink Away the Pain. Where, Mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, they're talking about, you know, being liquor or whatever. And then, like, he starts rapping about my nigga Hillfigure. And it's like, what? Like, so this is Mr. Me Too. It's like, everybody wants to be drug dealers like us. And then Pharrell's like... I'm out in Italy, up in Aspen, with hanging pump. out with with this person and hanging out with that person. Name and I'm dropping. like, yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what does it have to do with being drug dealers? But then I thought about it, and I'm like, actually, I feel them yeah. from the perspective of people actually probably wanted to be Pharrell in this era true. more than they wanted to be the Clips. Like true. everybody so rapped about selling drugs before you Clips. I'm sorry, yeah. you aren't you weren't the first motherfuckers to say you sold a brick. That, no. that that's not new. Yeah. You're 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 actually in fact. And we'll talk about it when we get to that track. But like, you literally bit Biggie's flow about selling drugs on your album. So you're 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 clearly not the first person to do that. And we'll we'll talk about that when we get to that record. But <laughs> you should see Outlaw's face. <laughs> but he does it twice. But that's yeah. okay. That's okay. But but you know, Pharrell was the first person to introduce Bapes, yeah. and Bape was everywhere at this mm-hmm. point in time. Everybody wanted to wear Bape. Um, high fashion was starting to become something yeah. in in the music industry. Pharrell was one of the early people on that. So mm-hmm. the shit that he that he's talking about is actually kind of true. Like people yeah. really were biting him probably more than they were biting the clips. Yeah. Um, I just have never been a fan of name dropping, and I hate when people do. It, I, I think Kanye annoys me the most when he does it. But the shit where you're like. You name like a person that I would never fucking know. And then you like call them like what you call them when you're their friend. Like I'm up in Donatella's crib, me and like two whores. Like nigga, I don't know who fucking Donatella is, bro. (laughs) I don't know that person. So just call them what we call them because we regular people. We don't know these people. So that annoys me. I hated the name dropping on this record. Um, It was fine. I don't don't really care care about it. I don't have any. Actually, you know what? I do have one more thought. Um, I I want to say that this song was associated to that little character that they had, like the little BBC character, the little cartoon oh, with the thick lines. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I think we, I remember that. We used to we used to draw these. Okay. Or I used to draw these for my friends, and we would put them as our like our, our profile okay. photos for Facebook. In fact, okay. I think my man Oye might still have this. As you got it. You got an NFT. That shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway, uh, but this song was associated with those little characters, and okay. that was cool. Yeah. That's about the only like highlight I have from this song. Yeah. So. That's fine. So, uh, Wimp Wimp, 
What it do? What, what it, it do? do. Ah, wah, wah. So it's interesting. Um, I just wish that the song varied a little bit. Okay. Because there's aspects of the song that are actually quite catchy. Okay. In fact, this song was probably the song that got stuck in my head the most this week. Yeah. And that's not always a good thing. And yeah. that's not a good thing here because it's kind yeah. of annoying me. Okay. But yet, when I was listening to this record on the way over here, I saw myself like, I found like my hand, sometimes my hand like dances along to the music. Mm. And it was doing that to this. And I was like, all right, well, clearly there's something in this song that my hand is dancing along to the music. Yeah. And so I was like, I think I just determined that like, it's just it's just too much of the, of, there's too much monotony for, okay. for, a, for, um, for, instru- for to have a song whose instrumentation is this like in your face. Mm-hmm. It's too much of that. Okay. I need some variety in the song. Okay. I think this whole album is very loop based, so I'm, I'm yeah. used to that. I think just being in this world, um, I fucking love this song. It, this but, this this is probably my first or second favorite song. It is loop based, um, but this one like smacks you in the head, so it's just oh, constantly yeah, oh, smacking yeah. your head. And I'm like, I just, I just, just break it up a little bit. Is all yeah, I wanted. Just break I it up. I fucking love the percussion on this record. Um, yeah, it, and the, again, the percussion is good. Yeah. This is the record that I said when I heard it. I was like. This must be what Colombia sounds like. Gotcha. I, I'm go- when I go to Poppy's house in Medellin, yeah. this is the shit that's gonna be fucking playing out of Poppy's house. Gotcha. Um, but uh, but I remember this because, I, I you know at the time I'm still I'm probably still DJing or maybe DJing here and there. Maybe this was probably around the time I was graduating when 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 Wamp Wamp came out as a single. Okay. Um, and so. I, I want to say I was in a record pool or something like that. So I saw the the title of this first, yeah. And I saw that it featured Slim Thug, yeah. And I wasn't all the way I wasn't all the way I on, like Slim, on Thug. Slim Thug at the time. Yeah, so like you know I, he was hit or miss for me. So yeah. I I didn't know if I was gonna like this. I was like, are these niggas trying to do some Texas shit? Like, what's this gonna sound like? And when I heard it, I was like, oh my god, this shit is crazy. Okay. So I really like this record. So it hit it hit you instantly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it didn't hit me instantly. Um, like I said, it was starting to grow on me. And I think that the other songs that you that you highlighted here, I I wonder if I listened to this album back in the day and I enjoyed it, if they would have continued to grow on me throughout the years. I, I wonder that. I, wonder I that. love these drums. And I think another thing to keep in mind, right, and you talked about this, one of the reasons you probably tuned out of hip-hop in this time frame was that it was very homogenous. Like everything sounded the same, and so yeah. you know, even though this record, I agree, you, production-wise, you you don't you don't learn new things when you listen to it, right? Because yeah. it's very minimalist. It was very very different yes. from what was there. Yeah, and, I respect it, and that, that in and of itself is a risk, right? Yeah. Like to not and and I mean, you know, they have access to probably the the producer that if it wasn't Kanye, it was this motherfucker yeah. who was guaranteed to make you a hit. Yeah. And instead of just taking that sound that they could have easily copied and pasted and, and, and got another platinum album, they did something very different. And I yeah. really appreciated it. Yeah, no, I, I respect I respect this album from that perspective. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and another thing that I wanted to highlight that I feel like people don't call out a lot is a lot of the things that I love about this album, at least the production, is very much a Chad Hugo thing and not a Pharrell Williams thing. Okay. And I feel like a lot of times we we pat Pharrell on the back and Pharrell oh, sure. gets all the accolades and the love. But I think that so. this album is very much a Chad album. Is it? Okay. Um, yeah, in terms of the sound here. Okay, I can't speak to that one way or the other because I don't know yeah. what a, a strictly Chad Hugo produced song sounds like. I mean, I've yeah. heard a few of them, but it's not like 
I have a much more I have a much clearer understanding of what a Pharrell so a solo Pharrell produced song sounds like. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and it's also understandable. I mean, Pharrell made every had every intention of being like out there in front mm-hmm. and like letting mm-hmm. everybody know who mm-hmm. he was. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. So yeah. So next track we have here is uh, is Right Around Shining. Yeah. And this is not a highlight for me. Um, it's a cool song. Mm. One of my criticisms again. And and I've already said it about a number of songs, but like, I don't know. I just I like songs that grow and I like songs that progress. And this one just doesn't have any of that. So you're focused, right. fo- forced to listen to the, to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I again, while the vocals are very clean, Pusha is doing his best Biggie impression, and he's failing. The black mother steward, let me show you how to do it. Break down pies to pieces, make cocaine quiches. Money piles highs my nieces. Hefty bags full of cash, cars full of ass. Rolex presidential bitch full of glass. Pusha's verse to me, his first one in particular, he's definitely trying to switch up his flows the mm-hmm. way that the Biggie does, right? Yeah. Like, where he'll have like, He'll be rhyming something and then he'll go to another line and he'll rhyme two words within that one bar and then switch it up again mm-hmm. and then try to like switch up his cadence. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Biggie's a master at that. The yeah. difference though is that Biggie does it naturally. Yeah. yeah. And Pusha is almost too clean sounding mm. that it sounds formulaic and forced. Yeah, it does and sound forced. And I- it's just like, it's just not like. You you're just not as good as he is. That's all I can say. You're not it's as good funny, as he like, is. Funny, like after this joint came out, um, I think it might have even been on the press run for this album. They did like a, like a genius type of thing, yeah. Where um where they were asked who their favorite, you know, oh, yeah. what their favorite album was and who their favorite artist yeah. was. Both said Biggie. Yes. One said uh one said Life After Death. The other yes, said, said Ready, Ready to Die. To die. Those yeah. are their favorite albums. Yeah. That's their idol. Yeah. And you can fucking hear it on this album. Yo, absolutely. Look, <laughs> Malice, I think, Malice doesn't really attempt it as much as Pusha. Pusha mm-hmm. is actually genuinely attempting it on this song. Right, right. And I think if you're not familiar with Biggie, you, you probably can't tell the difference. Yeah. But I have studied... Biggie's cadence, right. you know, top to bottom, because I was trying to emulate him. Of course, I failed, right? <laughs> I failed. I'm not Biggie. <laughs> Shrug of the shoulders, like I'm not Biggie. But what can I say? He's he's the greatest of all time for a reason. Right. Uh, but Push is not Biggie either, right. and I'm calling him out for it. And that's it. That's hey, it. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I think what I'll say about this is, um, we get an Ab Live um a verse, and mm-hmm. I like Ab Live. I like Real Gang, so that's dope. Um, additionally, like I think, you know, we talk about the balance of making sure that you have records that have the the more introspection. Yeah. But you know, this is just the, the just the regular yo. You know, I'm I'm a drug dealer, and this is why. Yeah. Um, th- this and Keys Open Doors, right? Are the records that are like yo? I, like I can Keys just doors, I can, right? I love that. I, I like yeah. both of these records. Right. So this is this is this ends my run. So gotcha. you know, I, I I like this record. The only thing I don't like about this record specifically is. Plenty ice on my neck so I don't get nauseous. I, I I like I used to me and my brother, I'd be like, yo, bro, like, is there some is there something on WebMD or something that says that if you put ice on your neck, you don't get nauseous? Like what I, I just don't like that line. And I feel like they really stretched to 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 be able to say Porsches. 
And it's like, bro, just just rhyme it with something else. Like, I, I really don't like that. But that goes back to my point that I think sometimes they deliver lines that they think are going to land. And I'm like, nah, it yeah. just didn't work. It just didn't work. So, yeah. but they they say it with like this swagger. I agree, and this and this this bravado, this right braggadociousness that like right they'll they, deliver a pedestrian bar, yeah, but like it like it like like cut the beat out, like oh my god, I just delivered something crazy. It's like nah, yeah, yo. I feel you, yeah. So all right, next we get into dirty money, and this is my first low light. Okay. Song is boring, yo. Yeah, I, this is a meh light for me. Like I don't think it's terrible, but I think this is where they take the like that basic keyboard beat shit way too fucking far the beat yeah. makes me it, it sounds like my sister's in the third grade and she's she wants to make a song for her school project like it's like dun, 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 yeah it's so bad it's, it's bad. so bad the beat is not good yeah so i, I didn't enjoy the song either it was yeah. boring and I, I think because i didn't enjoy the beat mm-hmm. it made the rest of it made the, the 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 vocals just that much worse for me because, yeah. like I said, I'm not a big fan of them vocally. I'm just okay. I'm just not. Okay. I think it, like as a duo, they sound too similar, mm. and not only do they sound like I can definitely tell them apart, but they mm. they still sound too similar to me. Okay. And they're not great. So it's like you had two people who don't really complement each other all that well, hmm. and you're not all that good to begin with. For me. It's just kind of like, there's just not an enjoyable listen for me. I think they actually complement each other well, but I think, you know, I think you in don't the way think they, they sound in, similar. In the way, oh, they do sound similar, but I mean, you know, Andre and Big Boy sound similar to me. So, kind you know, of. Like, you can think, say that on, all right, you can say that on their first two albums, but mm-hmm. I don't think you can say that the rest of the time. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I think, I think by the time you were listening to albums after two, you yeah. were very well familiar with them, and so you could dis- dis- distinguish them. But this, you're saying you're listening to this album for the first time, so it's like, I-, I can understand how you would think that they they sound similar. But if you listen to a lot of clips music, you you wouldn't. Necessarily what what, feel I'm, that what I'm saying is like, I'm not. I've always been able to tell them apart, right? I'm not saying that I can't tell them apart. I'm saying I think that they sound too similar and they don't complement each other well. But what I'm saying is that where they do complement each other is more about content than it is uh, vocal tone. So, okay. so Malice Malice comes off as like the older brother that's trying to sure. have some introspection about like what they're doing. Okay. And and Pusher comes off as like the the younger brother that just wants to show you about all the flashy shit and the hard shit and whatever. And the two things kind of complement each other, at least in my mind. No, I, I think I think that's a fair take. Um, I don't. Their voices don't hit my ears that way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Their voices just hit me as like, okay, you sound like this thing, you sound like that thing. You're coming back to back. It's a full track of this. Like, yeah. it's just like, tough for me. Like, like pushes rapping, you know. The spirit of competition, one verse can start jihad. And then on the same song, Malice is rapping, you know, to my little brother Terrence, who I love dearly so. If ever I had millions, never would you push blow, right? Like, so it's it's the content. No, uh, you're you are you are absolutely right. But also, I still want the vocals to just sound good, regardless of what you're saying. Okay. And to me, because they don't deliver on that. Okay. Like if we're just focusing on content, yes, you are absolutely right. But I I'm like, I still want to enjoy receiving the content and yeah. i and i just don't i yeah. never really have the only mm-hmm. verse where that was ever really the case for me mm-hmm. was um push a t's verse on clap that boy right okay like ugh, another soul, soul lost. lost had to make his shirt match my ox blood, blood color, color Porsche. Porsche. Ugh. 
The rims match, of course. Blood hit his Tim's. It, it reminded me, me of them. them. That's the only time I've ever been like, yo, that shit is fire. That's crazy because Pusha has a, a good amount of fire. Maybe recently, but not in this era for me. Okay. You know what I mean? For me, yeah. it just never yeah. grabbed it. It just, that's what I'm saying. Like, it just, mm -hmm. they never, they never connected for me. Okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, are we through talking about Dirty Money or yeah. can we get through my, right. my, so my first highlight, and this is where my run starts. Right. It's Hello, Hello New World. And this is where I feel like we kind of get more of a, a full bodied sound yep. from the Neptunes. And yes, mm -hmm. it's still looped based, mm -hmm. but like there's still more going on. Like the, these songs are more layered to me mm -hmm. and I, I, I just like it. So, yeah. I, you know, content wise, subject matter wise, I think. I think Pharrell again doesn't sound good, right. but I I enjoy the music, so I just don't care as much. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think maybe Pharrell's trying to do like a slick Rick, like "Hey Young World" type of thing with his voice. Maybe. I don't know, but Pharrell generally sounds bad in this era. I agree yeah. with you. Um, I think the thing I like about this again, when I talk about kind of diversity of topic within the same world. It's like, you know, this is the record where they're they're addressing like the next generation of hustlers, yeah. the young people, and they're telling them like, yo, you know, this is how how you're you're gonna be different. This is what I did, this is how you could come up, whatever. So I like that because I feel like that's also necessary in the context of what they're discussing. That's true. Yeah. I do like uh this line from Pusha T when he says, uh, bagging up grams at the Hyatt though. Yo, the news called a crack, I call it a diet, diet coke. coke. I love that line. Even though logistically that doesn't necessarily make sense. Nevertheless, it's still a dope line. Like I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like that shit is, it's a fire line. Um, yeah. Crack is definitely not Diet Coke. Not at all. But, but still, like I, it's, it, I'll and, allow it. And then again, right to talk about the, 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 the difference, right? Yeah. That's, that's a, that, that is that, that's a pusher line, right? That's a pusher. And then, yeah. and then Malice on the same record says the judge is saying life like it ain't someone's life. Life, yeah. So it's like you know the two of them are are you know you got the kind of the hammer and the you know the I don't know sickle or whatever you want to yeah. call it, right? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like two different sides of of the, of the same coin. Yeah. Um, so, and the other the other line that I liked from Malice was um, be Sosa not Tony. Yeah, but see, see, these are lines like, okay, mm -hmm. they don't really impress me though. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get these lines, and mm -hmm. and both of those lines like stood out to me, mm -hmm. but they were also weren't lines that made people be like, yo, that shit is dope. Like, they just mm. they just didn't work for me. I think it worked for me from the perspective of having a lot of hood relatives that really idolized Tony, and I yeah. feel like you know. Tony Montana was the thing. You had a leather jacket. You had Tony Montana on it. Everybody was trying to be Tony Montana. So, you know, even though it's not super profound to us because we read books and shit, yeah. like, I feel like a lot of people was really trying to emulate Tony, yeah. not realizing that Sosa was actually the person that you would want to emulate from him. I mean, I had to give you credit for actually taking, like, the lyrics for the lyrics' sake. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe I am way too biased in how something is delivered. Mm -hmm. I... Look, I, I said it before. I, I said it, you know, throughout this episode. They just do not sound good to me. Mm. And so, even though they have these these lyrics, I think like if another artist said it and maybe they delivered it better, if mm. they said that same line, it might hit for me. But, but like the way he says it, I'm just like, all right, like that was kind of basic. <laughs> That's kind of generic. Yeah. And and I get it. Like yeah. I totally, I totally understood the reference, right? Mm -hmm. And I understood mm -hmm. not just the reference, but the, the relevance, relevance, right? Right, the significance of mm -hmm. it. But I'm like, it still just didn't feel like a clever bar to me. It's, it's, it, feel, it still felt, felt like something that I'm like, yeah, like, 
That's a predictable line. Okay. Now, that might be wrong. You know what I mean? This could just be my bias, but like, yeah. Yeah, it just, it just, that just wasn't a line that just really, it, I don't know. It just didn't really do as much for me. So. so, yeah, that was a highlight for me. Um, My next highlight is uh, is Keys Open Doors. Keys this Open is, Doors. This is one of my keys, favorite keys songs. Keys Open Doors. Right? I fucks with this shit. Yeah, yo. I yeah, love this, this shit. shit. Make your skin crawl. Make the wind fall. Yeah. He says, um, who gonna stop us? The mind of a kilo shopper or some shit like that. Y'all love this shit. Yeah, I can't really speak to a lot of the bars on this just because, again, this is, I don't want to start repeating myself, but like, just as like, I talked before about how I think that they struggle to actually like execute songs that are like clever and catchy. Mm -hmm. But this is one that I'm like, nah, keys open doors, keys, keys keys open open doors. And I know it's just a hook, right? But I'm like, okay, like this is like a, I don't know. This is a good song that they've that they've made here. Yeah, I, my favorite line on this joint, and it's one of my favorite on the album, is "I yell re up till I'm locked like Mamiya." I love that shit. Okay. Yeah, I feel like they got a couple uh, on this album. Okay. But yeah, I, I love this record. Are we going to Ancha? Yes. So Ancha, is that Pharrell on the hook or not? I think it is. Yeah. So he's not credited as being on the hook, and I, when I look at the lyrics, it actually says "Push a T" is on the hook. That's definitely not Pusha T. Mm. It sounds like it, Pharrell. And if it is yeah. Pharrell, this is the best Pharrell sound on the album, in my really? opinion. Okay. Um, yeah, I the first time I heard this, I was like, okay, like I'm really fucking with this. It's kind of got like a little funky vibe to I it. I like his stacks on Nightmare. That's probably the best way he sounds to me. Oh, uh, you said you, oh, you like Pharrell on Nightmares? Yeah, because he, yeah. sta- he stacked with Bilal's voice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but just like solo by himself, okay. I thought this is if this is Pharrell on the hook, I thought this was his the best he sounded. But what yeah. I will say is the more I listened to this song, the less I liked it. It yeah. kind of stretched out and got boring to me, despite the fact yeah. that I actually think Re Gang sounds good on I here. I love them. But and it I, just and, and I and this song is just meh to me. Yeah, it's yeah. it's weird. That the first time I heard it, I was like, yo, I like this. Mm. Right. And I was like, oh, I like Re Up Gangs. Mm-hmm. But the more I heard it, I was like, all right, I like this song less and less for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. I, what I said was, um, and I was like, we're gonna need Kason or one of our 757 correspondents to let us know. But like maybe Aincha is like something that people in 757 say like ha is for yeah. like for like New Orleans people. Yeah. Because like Aincha. the way they're saying it on the record is like like, ooh, we're saying something that's, like, local to our shit. And maybe yeah. I just don't get it. But, like, the, yeah. oh, you're trying to, da, 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 fame, ain't you? Huh. You're trying to, like, it, it didn't do it for me. This record doesn't do it for me at all. This beat, it, it ain't hot either to me. I, yeah. I mean, I like the cadence of the hook. And I like how the beat works with it. But the rest of it, I don't know. Oh, it's and it's crazy because I love Sandman. He's actually my favorite in, in Re-Up Gang. Okay. I like Sandman and Liva. And both of them, they rip this shit. But yeah. it's just... The song's still not interesting enough for me to to care about this joint. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel you. It started out as a highlight, and then it was just kind of like I was more neutral about it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, next though, this is my highlight of highlights. Trill, really? I fucking love this shit. This yes. is my low light. Really? Yeah. So, so I'd love right. to hear what you think about it. All right. So for me, I love the bounce on this song, and like I said, it reminds me of the realms of Junior Mafia, mm-hmm. right? Which sure, I'll, I'll have to play it for you. Okay. Um. The beats aren't exactly the same, but if you're a fan of Biggie, like mm-hmm, I was, mm-hmm. and you've like digested like everything that he ever spit, mm-hmm. and then you hear Pusha T come on here, and you're like, oh, like this is actually the Biggie's flow. Straight copied yes. and pasted Biggie. On yeah, he song. did, he and did. that's that's one of the reasons why I can't even listen to this shit. That's fa- I mean, look, yeah. that's totally fair, yeah. but I I enjoyed the beat and the bounce of it so much, mm. and I even like I even like the hook. I wish that 
I wish that like um, like the actual like lines, like the, the rap lyrics on the hook, mm-hmm. like they, they they repeat the hook, right? Mm-hmm. I wish that they were different. Varied them a little bit. Yeah. Varied it. Like yeah, I like yeah, the yeah. Uh, bitch, I'm trill, bitch, mm-hmm. I'm so trill, nigga, mm-hmm. I'm trill, nigga, I'm so trill. I like that. Mm-hmm. But I wish like the actual lyrics of it were kind of, when they repeat the hook, they're kind of different the mm-hmm. second time than the mm-hmm. first time. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, I don't know. I Yeah, yeah. I, I fucks with this shit a lot. I really I like don't track. like this song. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yo, it's 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 so interesting that we're you know, we're definitely in two very very different places from this album. I mean, we yeah. we kind of had the same overarching opinion that like it's a it's an album that is better than the collection of its parts. Yeah, and as like a piece of music, as a piece of art, it's definitely like solid solid material. Mm-hmm. But you're able to really like get into the lyrics more than than I'm able to. And I might just be so stuck on some of the music and just the delivery that I like. I really, really struggle struggling to get there. Mm. Um, but yeah, the things that some of the things you really like about the album, I don't know. <laughs> I think we like we like different songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so, weird. So. Yeah. So the, so the next one is Chinese New Year. <sighs> I didn't hate the song. I'm kind of neutral about it. Do you really okay. like it? I like this song. Okay. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is Roscoe P. Colchain's verse. But um, I think though, you know, I've told you about my brother and you know certain things that kind of gravi- he gravitates toward. This was the record that my brother loved off this joint, and really? like literally, I would walk in the room and my brother would go, "My eyes are like, why are you here?" <laughs> Brack, brack, like he just all of the shit from this song. He, my brother loved, so I, I think it made me even like this song even more. I think that's, oh man, I thought the concept of Chinese New Year, hmm. I thought like the way they delivered it was kind of corny. You okay, know what I mean, it, it just didn't work for me. Like again, okay. I didn't hate this song. I was, hmm. I was kind of neutral about it, but I was just like, I, it, it, it's still in my run because I think it, it hmm. continues in the vibe. But yeah. I was just like. I think you guys think this is more hot than I do. I got you. Right? Got you. So it just, yeah, yeah, it just didn't really, really work. I like me. the record, but I can understand how someone might think that it's corny. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, I like All right. it. So the next uh, highlight for both of us, yeah. I'm assuming, is for Nightmares. Sure. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say, I bought Bilal's debut album because it had Love It on it. Everyone mm-hmm. talks about Sister Soul, mm-hmm. right? That was a big hit. But That's for me, fire. I think one of the first singles was Love It. Love it. Mm-hmm. And and I liked Bilal from that sense, but I bought that album and I didn't really like Bilal. Okay. And so you like like Water for Chocolate a lot more than I do. Mm-hmm. So Bilal on there doesn't even really land for me as much. Okay. But what I have learned is going back and listening to a lot of this music that has Bilal on it mm-hmm. is that he was low-key a cheat code. I didn't even realize the he was a cheat code. The niggas a cheat code. I didn't realize sure. that until this song. Wow. I know it's crazy. Because remember I brought him up on the, um, I, but the that's Chocolate what I'm Quest saying. episode. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm now realizing I'm like, yo, Bilal is a cheat the code. When the fuck was he a cheat code? For sure. Did he did he yeah. make a lot of good music on his own or was he just an amazing featured guest appearance artist? He seems like just a cat that's like so eccentric that he probably was just he just had a difficult time in the industry. Is that what it was? But yeah, but man, when he be on some shit, bro. He's he low-key a Chico. Chico. I missed it. I yeah. I totally, totally missed it. And yeah. I didn't see it until now. Yeah. And it's put all these other records that we talked about with Bilal on it that I'm just like, yeah. When I was out in Cali, I I, I saw an interview with a producer and I don't don't remember who it was it was like dr dre or someone of that ilk yeah. 
and they asked him who the most talented person they ever worked with was or something like that. I do remember that. And they said Bilal because he can sing in seven different octaves. I was like, how, like how is that humanly possible? I yeah. don't know. But Can Mariah Carey do that too? Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe she can't do the low registers. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how it works. But basically what he was saying was like, Bilal can stack crazy because he can sing in so many different octaves. Yeah. And that's what you get. You get layers when you get a Bilal record. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I love it that you go, you you know, he's on the hook and Pharrell's on the hook as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he's on the hook and then he gets an opening verse, mm -hmm. you know, which I think is like, so we don't even get, is it Malice or Pusha? Who comes second verse? I don't I even forget. remember. We don't yeah. even get them. I think it's Malice. We don't mm. get them until like, I don't know, like a, almost like two, two minutes, minutes into in. the song. Right, right. And I think that's like really good, like outro for the album. Perfect. Um, yeah, I agree too. This is actually probably the most Neptune sounding beat in terms Definitely. of like, Definitely. in terms of other Neptune's records that were around. Yep. But it still works with the general palette of the album. Yep. And I think it is a, thematically, it's very, very good to tie the rest of the album together. Completely so, agree. And yeah. and to end it off, right? You know, um, where you, you know, you've been you've been talking about all the Chinese New Year, the tough guy shit yeah. and all the riding around shining and everything. And then this is the joint that like ties it together with like, you know, just like the paranoia and yeah. the anxiety that comes from this lifestyle or whatever. I thought that this was really necessary. And you've heard me on many yes, previous have, episodes yeah. name drop this song. You like, have. yeah, you need to have a record like Nightmares, where blah, 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 blah. This is what I mean. So. Yeah. And, you know, I heard Nightmares before when you when you referenced it. And I was like, all right, this is fine. Yeah. But I never listened to this whole album. And now listening to the album, like, oh, it sounds even better. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a dope piece of music. Yeah. So I think that, you know, between Trill and this one and then Hello New World, Keys Open Doors. And you know what? Mm. We got it for cheap, actually. Yeah, we got it for cheap. It's going to be a highlight now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a I good think, song. I think, you know, you make a good point, though, right? Like, Nightmares, I wouldn't listen to it without the, like, without the context of the album. Like, yeah. there's probably only three songs on this album we got that I would cheap. pull off. Um, well, the first one would be Keys Open Doors. Keys I feel like anybody doors, can yeah. digest that. Yeah. The second, I would say, is probably Wamp Wamp. And then the third, the third would be We Got It For Cheap. And, it. And, and We Got It For Cheap, if you're not, like, a, a fan of just bars... Like if you need a hook and stuff like that, then you wouldn't even like that. So yeah. you know you kind of have to to be invested. So but those three records to me are the only ones you could pull off. And I mean, I guess some people like Mister Me Too. I I don't really love that song as much as, as others. What I can say about do, do we have anything else to add for this song? No. So what I can say about this album and this episode is that you know you and I I think generally do not. It's weird. We kind of see this album the same way, and we and we don't, mm -hmm. right? And I think that there, there are things about, at least, I mean, I'm trying to be open to them. I'm trying to be honest here. There are things mm -hmm. about, I think it's just the clips in general. Yeah, yeah. That's I just, they, they, they just, they've never really done it for me. And I think because of mm -hmm. that, it's hard for me to actually get into some of the nitty gritty of this album. It's hard for me yeah. to care about the themes as much as I should. I recognize that they're there. Mm -hmm. Um... And I think that if I had a greater appreciation for them or a greater enthusiasm for the two of them as artists, I would yeah. probably absolutely love this record because like I yeah. said, I recognize the artistry. It right. is there. It's evident. Um, and, and it's good. And mm -hmm. I, I'm very, very glad that this album exists. I'm very glad that I listened to it because I think, like I said, this is necessary listening for any person who's a fan of hip hop. They need yeah. to listen to this album. Yeah. Does that mean you're necessarily going to enjoy it? I don't know. I would hope that mm. listeners would enjoy it more than I did. Um, <laughs> no, well, it's just because of, yeah. because I do have a great deal of respect for the album. Mm -hmm. 
I just I wished that I enjoyed the clips more than I do. That's fair. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I can feel that in general. Yeah. I think the clips were also for me in this in this era, um, a group of MCs that just never impressed me the way they impressed everybody else. Oh, I remember okay. when Grinding came out and when that first album came out and everybody was raving and going crazy about them. I was just like, I don't see it at all. Interesting. And it was really my brother, similar to to the Joe Budden story, right? It, it was literally my brother who really got into them and their mixtapes and stuff like that, who who brought it to me to a point where um, when I heard We Got It For Cheap Volume 2, that's when I was like, oh, I really like these Rehab Gang dudes. And then I anticipated this album as a result of that. So I can understand how you would feel how I felt when they first came out. Because that that's kind of how I felt about them. So are you still less enthusiastic about the clips as everyone else? Not not so much. Oh, okay. I think though, you know, I, I think I, I have my era, which is We Got It For Cheap Volume, volume 2 yeah. and Hell Hath No Fury. Yeah. This is the peak era of interest in the clips for me. Got you. Okay. And I really care about those two projects. Interesting. And then the other projects, eh, they're fine. You know, like, I, you know, oh, I, right. I agree with you. I definitely hear when they're biting Biggie and they bi- they bite Biggie a lot. Yeah. I definitely don't find them to be the most interesting MCs. Um, but I, I do love that they're from Virginia and yeah. they're lyrical. Um, I love that they're in this canon of like lyrical MCs rapping over interesting clips. I mean, uh, uh, Pharrell, Neptune's production in yeah. this era. Like, you know, it's almost a relic of the era for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, do you have anything else to add to this album? The only other thing that I have to add, and it's not about this album, is that I had completely forgotten that, and this is just not even related to this album, but this group, um, the beat for Knock Yourself Out by Jadakiss was originally on the Clips' first album that never came out in 1997. And there's a version with Pusha and Malice over the Knock Yourself Out beat, and it is horrible. Pusha's trying to rap like Biggie, and and, um, Malice is trying to rap like Nori. I got to play this shit for you. I mean, like, there. I'm, and sorry, Virginia fans that, like, shoot me if you want. But these kids are literally doing their best impressions of their favorite MCs. The other thing that I wanted to say was um, the beat for Wamp Wamp was originally a, for a Foxy Brown song. Interesting. Foxy Brown yeah. lost her hearing around this time. Yeah, I don't know if you remember yeah. that. And so they didn't finish the song. And so they took it. Then Jay-Z wanted it. Yeah. Then the clips were like, fuck that. You're our friend, Pharrell. You can't give this shit to Jay. And so they took it back. Interesting. But a, I don't know if there's a Jay-Z song recorded to it, but there is a Foxy. I think there's a Foxy song recorded to Interesting. it. Interesting. So cool. some of the, the the funniness of like them struggling with label politics and stuff like that. Yeah. Some of these beats, I think some other artists had and things like that. So I thought that was interesting. In got it. Got it. Okay. Cool. Yep. Yep. Well, I think that should do it for this. Put you up for Hell Hath No Fury, yeah. and um, I mean this. I mean this in all seriousness. If you have not listened to this album, please go back and listen to it. I think, I just, I think you should listen to it for sure. Check so, it out. All right, peace, peace. Otra vez. Clips. Hell have no fury, B. Them know yeah. daddy, Mr. Lee. Ah. As soon as you hear him. Upon my arrival, the dope dealers cheer him. Just like a revival, the verse to the serum. Through a life in the fast lane, I German engineer him. No serum can cure all the pain I've endured. From crack to rap to back to selling it pure. For every record I potentially sell in the store. It's like Mecca to the dealer that's selling it raw. 
So many deceived ya. I'm more in touch with the keys. Move over, Alicia. I force feed you the metric scale. Raps like child's play, my show and tell. Within each verse, you see the truths unveil. They manufacture proof as they lie to themselves. Puppets on a string like a yo-yo. Bouncing like a pogo. They praying I never go solo. Do it. I'll fuck with the real niggas, daddy.